0: Welcome to Sons of a Gun, a podcast about the DC Universe. I'm Alex Gunn.
2: I'm Justin Gunn, a son of a gun.
0: And on this episode, we're going to do a bunch of news updates for you. Things happening in the DC Universe that um, I don't want to say our celebrity father has been working on, but certainly James Gunn. James Gunn.
2: And I will say James Gunn is busy and our dad is busy. Whether or not they're the same person, we are legally bound to not say.
0: Exactly. We could get sued to oblivion. We make so much money on this podcast, frankly, and I don't want to lose that. This is my prime source of income. So let's jump into it. And also, I'll mention, if we uh, do more news podcasts, we would love to get tips from you or stories you want us to cover. Feel free to email us anytime, at gmail.com, and we will get right on that. But Call the news team. Exactly. But the big thing that happened this week is HBO Max – rebranded as max they did a big presentation warner brothers discovery came out they laid out what their new streaming service which is basically their old streaming service with yeah. some slight bells and whistles is going to do obviously for our purposes what does this mean for dc studios and the answer is not much
2: yeah it seems like everything is just continuing on uh, happily as we've discussed
0: Yes, pretty much. I I mean, they changed the name. They changed the color. They are changing the interface a little bit, which is nice. But they did mention the presentation. I was watching the presentation for my day job. They did very briefly run through the DC stuff. And say, you know, they laid out the shows that we already know are coming. They showed off Paradise Lost, the Maskara show, um, just to like a little picture of it. They mentioned the Green Lantern show that they're working on for HBO. They mentioned Creature Commandos, which we'll get to and talk about in a second. But mostly they said, yep, uh, DC Studios, we're working on this stuff. Isn't this exciting? Now to move on to other HBO things. And they went on to kind of their big. HBO announcements were that they are doing another Game of Thrones prequel, and they're also doing a complete remake of Harry Potter over the course of 10 years, which we won't get too much into in this podcast, but that's clearly where their focus was in terms of big stories, because DC Studios is kind of set and trucking along. The one thing that I did think was interesting is in a beginning montage, they showed off logos of the different networks that fall under Max. Highlighting CNN, TNT, TBS, HBO. And DC was one of the logos there, which I thought was kind of fascinating in terms of giving it that same weight as everything else. Again, they didn't talk much about it, but.
2: Well, and I think they, this is having James Gunn and and David Saffron take over, like, is a big move for them. And I think they're like, this is it. This has to work. So DC needs more prominence here. It, it makes it makes total sense and they i think they have they finally at the time of this rebrand have the weight behind it that i think warrants when hbo max first launched it was a little and it's messy there's the dc universe stuff that was sort of like where their focus was and it was never going to be a prime thing now they've made the moves now they're ready to be like this is it it has to work
0: the one DC thing that they did mention is going to be part of the service when it launches on May 23rd, though, is Shazam 2, a.k.a. Shazam yeah. of the gods. Ah,
2: great. Best foot forward, Shazam. Yeah.
0: That that made me wince a little bit because, listen, I know people like the movie. I don't want to love on you at all if you like the movie, but... I, the movie was a flop. I don't feel like it is a strong encouragement to be like, oh man, I got to subscribe for Max now because Shazam 2 is going to be a launch title. Ultimately, it's just going to kind of be there like it would have been been there anyway. Yeah. Um, there are two things that they showed off DC-wise, though, that I do well, think... But before, oh, yeah.
2: before you move to that, like it, it, to me, it's funny to be like, we're sort of relaunching our app, but it's mostly the same. And we're relaunching with a movie that is a failure that you've already seen if you want to And if you haven't, you won't. (laughs) And go. It's like such a non-event event event Mm -hmm. that they created here uh, that it makes sense to be like, yeah, sure. Shazam 2 is going to be on there. (laughs) Well, and that's also,
0: they did show off some stuff that I feel like, not to get too into the technical stuff, but they were like, hey, we are redesigning the architecture because HBO Max is slow. What we are doing is going to make it 20 to 30% faster. We're going to make it easier to find stuff. They didn't really explain necessarily how adding all of the content from Discovery Plus onto HBO Max is going to make Max easier to navigate. But they also Mm. mentioned at the same time, which points to a little bit of this discombobulated nature of the launch, that... First, they said, like, yeah, we're going to be talking more about the stuff at Network Upfronts in May. And then we're going to be talking more about how the content rolls out towards the end of the year. And I was like, what is this hour and a half that we're watching then for other than, hey, a month from now, your app is going to switch and we're taking the HBO away. But whatever.
2: Well, but that in itself, I mean – The more time you're in the news cycle, the better is a lesson that I think every company has learned in the last few years. So like to have this event where they literally just deleted three letters from the name of their company (laughs) is is not an event. But of course, you're going to make it an event.
0: I I don't want to underplay, though, that they turned the A into a butthole at the same time. So like that's pretty nice.
2: I think you were tweeting about this, that looking forward to all the photoshops of what's going to go in that (laughs) a-hole, that's going to (laughs) be... And it already did.
0: Like, I tweeted that, and immediately I saw three or four of my timeline. I was like, there you go. They should see this
2: coming. When you make an a-hole, you're going to get an a-hole.
0: Exactly. But they did show off two things. The most exciting thing, I think, that they showed off here, DC-wise, was they did... They were very clear about like, hey, we have just gone into production on The Penguin Show, so we don't have a full trailer to show you. But here's a behind-the-scenes in-production reel. You got to see Colin Farrell as The Penguin. We got to see a little bit of the cast, though not much. Mostly he was narrating it as it goes, and they were emphasizing this is a direct continuation of The Batman, the movie that everybody loved. It was a blockbuster. I thought it looked exactly what I
2: expected, but also great. What was your take, Justin? Yeah, and this is sort of the thing that when – at least for me, when we first heard that like Marvel and DC were going to be able to do TV and movies at the same time, this is what I thought it was going to be. they're like, oh, you like that character that you didn't get to see a ton of? We're going to extend them in between the movies and then you probably see them in the next movie. And so many of the other shows are tangents or different things and just are operating separately – This feels like the most natural thing in the world to do. Of course, you got a star, a character that everybody likes and knows from the past. Gritty crime, same tone, huge successful movie, extended to TV, draw that audience, keep this audience excited until your next movie comes out, very excited for it.
0: Yeah. And I'd also say one of the other things about it, and obviously we'll see when they actually roll out the show. I know there's going to be characters from the DC universe, but the idea that this is something that can kind of, it just look like a crime drama that happens to have the Penguin in it. Again, I'm sure they'll Gotham City it up a little bit, but that feeds directly out of the tone of the Batman movie. And I don't know, I'm excited to see it. It looks good. It feels like a natural fit for HBO as well, who obviously has... The Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire, and they know what they're doing in terms of a crime drama. So this looks great. I'm very excited.
2: Seeing this also really made me happier about the whole Elseworlds nature of these movies that aren't part of the new main continuity, like the Batman and all that stuff that Matt Reeves is doing. This does feel different and it should feel different because the rest of the universe, I think, is going to move more toward like what Mar- Marvel movies are, where the tone will be a little bit more like James Gunn's other movies. This is not that. So the fact that this is sort of has its own pocket and can continue on doing this, if this is a success and the second Batman's a success, why would they stop doing it going forward, even though it doesn't jive with the other stuff in the universe? And I'll also mention just as a little
0: side thing, because somebody asked on Twitter, hey, is the Arkham Asylum thing still happening in some sense? And a producer gave a little thumbs up emoji in response. So interestingly, this is not potentially the last thing they're going to do. They're still working on that as well. Should be cool.
2: Yeah, right.
1: We also got a new look at The
0: Flash that dropped during the Max event. This was a short 30-second ad. That was pretty much it. We're apparently going to get a more full trailer dropping on April 25th. I don't think there was anything surprising in here, but as much trepidation as I have about going to see an Ezra Miller movie for the stuff that they've been doing in real life, yeah. it still looks good. It
2: looks really well, good. that's. I feel like that's the thing with this movie. There was so much bad press about Ezra – Uh, Ezra Miller going into this and then everyone says the movie's great. Who sees it? Like everyone's big up in this movie. The trailer looks good, but because it was negative at first, I feel like we're all daring this movie to be bad. We're Mm -hmm. like, it's, uh, it's good, but come on, surely something's messed (laughs) up here. Everything about this, the flash stuff at the Oscars last year, like all of the pre of this was negative and embarrassing. Now we're in a place that it keeps increasing in value and goodness. I don't know. It's sort of like the thing, this uh, performer that I used to do shows with would right before we went on the stage would say, what if it works? And we'd go out and do a comedy show. And I feel <laughs> that way about this. Like, what if it works? And it's great. There you go. Well, we'll
0: definitely see more. And last but not least, I was very surprised that they didn't mention this as part of the Max event, but it came out earlier in the day. I assume it was the sort of thing that they were planning on talking about, and then probably cut for time or something like that, because they figured it would not make as big of a splash as the Harry Potter show or the Game of Thrones show or anything like that. But James Gunn announced the cast for Creature Commandos the animated series, Via Collider. And I'll just read that off here. This is Shane, Sean Gunn as Weasel, coming back from The Suicide Squad. Frank Grillo as Rick Flagg Sr. Maria Bakalova as Princess Alana Rostovic. Indira Varma as The Bride. Zoe Chow as Nina Mazursky. Alan Tiddick as Dr. Phosphorus. David Harbour as Eric Frankenstein. Sean Gunn again as G.I. Robot, and Steve Aggie, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, as... AG, I think. A g as John Economos, back from the Suicide Squad, and Peacemaker, and... The end credit scene in Shazam 2 and other things. And that's uh, what the, I
2: know him from is the end credit scene. <laughs> <season. laughs>
0: and I think also Viola Davis in some form, maybe over like a video call or whatever, will be there as Amanda Waller. Uh, this is seven episodes. James Gunn wrote the episodes. He said on Twitter, directed the voices, but is not the director of the series. So we know a lot more mm-hmm. about this now. I know you have had concerns about the animation to live action pipeline. How are you feeling about that now that we know the cast of this thing?
2: I mean, the, the cast is fun. It's all good actors. Uh, it's in, The one that sticks out the most to me is Alan Tudyk as Dr. Phosphorus. Dr. Phosphorus in the comics is not like a banger comedy person. So like, it feels like that they're leaning more in that direction. Um, so like, that's cool. I mean, David Harbour is great. Like all these people are can well, i guess we'll find out but seem like they can do both of those things which is like I, my concerns were being a great voice actor is not the same as being a great live action actor but all of the, i don't see anybody in this cast that I'm like uh oh you got trouble there when it comes to live action we'll see if they uh, can crush the voices
0: Well, and I think that, like you're saying, all of these folks or most of these folks are people who have done both. Alan Tiddick is an insanely experienced voice actor. Obviously, he's playing Dr. Foster, who's like a glowing skeleton in a suit. So I don't think he's going to physically be on set necessarily. But David Harbour, too, he's been in the business for a really long time. Maria Bakalova did the voice of – Cosmo for Guardians 3, as well as the holiday special. Um, Frank Grillo, I think, has done a a couple of voices. And Sean Gunn, of course, has done a ton of stuff like that. So like you're saying, these do feel like people that are eminently translatable. So it's
2: smart. It's smart. And you make a good point. I didn't even think of that. Like a lot of these characters in the live action version may just be voices on CGI characters. So really, it's a voice. You're just hiring voice actors that will you know, just be doing it remotely anyway <laughs> because it's a glowing skeleton head.
0: Exactly. And uh last thing that I'll mention, just as like a little asterisk that I thought was very funny about the David Harbour casting, if you haven't checked it out, there's this bizarre but very funny special on Netflix called that David Harbour created called Frankenstein's Monster. Frankenstein's Monster's Monster Frankenstein. And it's just like mm-hmm. an hour plus thing of this meta weird back and forth thing of him like being frankenstein but also playing a guy who's telling a story about frankenstein it's very bizarre but it's very fun and it's clearly something that he's like i just want to do something theatrical please stop <laughs> putting me in all of these other roles so check it out if you want like a taste that's
2: of when did that come out did, that feels like something he negotiated into his stranger things 100 percent. <laughs> it's
0: <laughs> something that just like straight up came out in the middle of another thing. A couple of TV critics noted it and fell away, but you can check it out and it's very fun. You'd like it. There's a a completely blanking on her name. Her first name's Kate. Uh, She usually does stuff with John Early.
2: Oh, Uh, yeah, Um, Kate uh, Berlant.
0: Kate Berlant is in it as well as a couple of like very indie comedy people. It's very fun. Again, probably has absolutely nothing to do with this, but it's just funny because of the Frankenstein connection.
2: Well, and it makes that reminds me of when we years ago did a Comic Con on a cruise ship. We did a podcast there and interviewed a bunch of people. David Harbour was there with some of the Stranger Things cast members for a uh, panel at sea briefly. And he talked about like he is like that classically trained actor dude who loves theater, who is like very like. Theatrically minded. So, of course, he's doing sort of a weird. It's like an off off Broadway play, except it's something because of the success of Stranger Things that was filmed and put on the largest uh, streaming service in the world.
0: Yeah. And the last thing that I'll mention just about this casting lineup that I do think is interesting for our going forward purposes is James Gunn has said, this is part of his DCU, right? These are the people that he's casting. It's the one. launch. It's exactly. This, the
2: first swing for him.
0: Exactly. And we have people coming back. Like, it's not a huge surprise, but we have people coming back from Peacemaker. We have people coming back from the Suicide Squad. I think everybody expected that, kind of. But to get that confirmation, I'm sure the more continuity-minded of us will wonder, wait, how does that work, if that's part of the previous DCU? But... Flash is going to reboot everything. We'll see what happens to that movie and we'll find out going forward. Yeah. If. You would like to support our podcast and all the podcasts we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube coming out. We would love to chat with you about the DC Universe, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live on TikTok and Instagram, comic book club for this podcast and many more. Until next time, dad, you're tweeting a lot. You're doing a lot of tweets, but we appreciate all the news you're putting out there. We love you.
2: And Dad, why don't you come home and tweet with us personally via conversation? The original Twitter, Dad. (laughs) Dad? Dad?